Hello and welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Mind Your Mind is a podcast on spirituality, mindfulness, life, mind, universe, everything, and nothing at all. My name is Ozan Kulju, and I'm here today with Hannah Malik. Hi, Hannah. Hi, Ozan. Hannah is the author of the book called Have You Tried Doing Nothing? as we discussed in the episode one. And today's topic is actually productivity and creativity, a topic that I am just obsessed as a mechanical engineer, project manager, and a lean consultant. I constantly try to find ways to increase productivity and boost creativity and increase the efficiency. So when I read it in Hannah's book, it's raised some questions, but there were some mind-blowing informations there. So we will talk about this today. Sure. And yes, I'm glad that uh, you are interested in these things because I think that's the first step to getting into the world of doing nothing. So yes, I'm excited about it. Go ahead, please. Now, we briefly touched in the first episode the concept that doing nothing actually increases the productivity. But let's talk about how. It can do that. How can doing nothing increase productivity? Can you tell me that? I believe that we all are obsessed with uh, productivity so much that before asking this question, I think a more primary question to begin with would be how good is our constant need to be productive? I mean, why do we always have to keep adding items to our cart or you know, signing invoices while being on a con call with your with your colleagues or in a meeting or, you know, why, why do we have to do multitasking and without being devoted to one task in particular? Why can't we be religiously focusing on one task? So I think uh, if we are able to establish that and if we are able to manage to keep ourselves focused on one task and do full justice to it i believe this question wouldn't arise that how can we improve our productivity be careful you're talking to a person who does three four tasks at the same time in a work day (laughs) (laughs) i know even i'm that person even i'm that person because we are just so uh i think that it's not it's not completely our own fault because we always have uh, more than one task going on in our minds or even if we are not physically doing one task there is always something else on our mind while we are physically doing one thing so this obviously comes with practice and i am no expert in it uh, if i have written a book on doing nothing it doesn't really mean that i am an expert in doing nothing it just actually is a book that i have written for myself because This book really answers the question of why doing nothing is the primary step, is the most important step towards achieving mindfulness and whatever things you've said, you know, ending ending into spirituality. So, So all those things start by doing nothing. We need to first make peace with doing nothing and then go ahead and you know, talk about the world, the universe. And so if if we really have to focus on our productivity, enhancing our productivity, I think the right focus should not be how can I increase my productivity by doing nothing, but it should be 
why do I need to be productive all the time? Am I a machine? I'm not, right? I'm, a, I'm simply a human being. And whatever I'm doing, if I'm doing with full focus, I am bound to be productive. So how do I get that focus? That should be the question. Now, you made an interesting point there. Uh, I know I interrupt you, but uh, now that I think, what is productivity and how much productivity is enough, I think it's all about managing expectations. Of course, there are expectations of others from outside that you have to do something. If you don't do it in the right way, you're going to lose your job, you're going to lose money, you're going to waste time, blah, blah, blah. But for example, my biggest pusher to be productive is actually my own expectations for myself. Like I, I set targets and if I can't reach that, then it's a failure. I think I love what you just said that, you know, doing nothing, uh, being productive is actually not about managing tasks, but managing expectations. That is a lovely point that you stated. And uh, having said that, we also know and we have also experienced at one point in our lives, all of us have, that whenever it comes to work or things like relationships, just an hour of focused attention goes a long way and maybe is worth more than days of partial attention. Mm-hmm. So we, we, have, we all have known this, we have experienced this and we agree to this, but we are still so focused on quantity over quality here that because we want at the end of the day quantity is measurable quality is not so we are so obsessed with numbers we we just want to you know when the time comes to prove things we should always be ready with data and that is the reason we focus so much on quantity over quality that even when we know that we are not doing full justice to the task in hand or the situation in hand or the person you are dealing with you still go ahead and you know continue to deliver your bits and pieces making peace with the fact that you know you are you're you're just doing it you're just doing it even if it is not with full attention with full mind or with full mindfulness you're still just going ahead and doing it at the end of the day, you want to make yourself happy. You're not making the other person happy. You're actually making yourself happy by just giving those numbers to yourself. Let's see, I devoted so many hours to you, so many days to you, and I, I did my best. That is where the whole thing lies. But the whole point here is that your best doesn't mean pushing yourself to your breaking point. Your best actually means the best you can do while being the best version of yourself. So when you're relaxed, when you're happy, when you're healthy, that is when you actually give your best. Not when you are agitated or you are fixing a goal or you're just trying to make a mark. And all of us are like that. We We are human beings, but still we are doers by nature. And that is what I also mentioned in my book that being human beings, we do not focus on the being part. We focus more on the doing part. We are doers and we love the dopamine rush that we get on accomplishing something. Mm -hmm. And even if we don't succeed, we keep professing this mantra that try and try until you succeed. You know, 
which is good. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it, but the but the trying part should not be a mindless struggle. The trying part has to be a full religious trying effort. And that trying comes when you're calm, not when you are agitated. It should be a mindful reflection, a moment of stillness. And that is doing nothing. This is the moment of doing nothing where you actually get in touch with your own self. You learn about your own self and then you perform your best. That action that you perform after taking that pause, much needed pause of or that reflection, that is the best performance that comes out of you because it comes with clarity and you're able to focus completely on it. You're able to give that laser focus attention to it because your thoughts are clear. Your mind is uncluttered. So you see, doing nothing is a crucial step in the process of doing anything, anything. I, like, you I, know, I love that. Just, just the whole process of doing starts with doing nothing. I love that. And when you talked about the stillness, that when you're still, when you're calm, when you're doing nothing, that actually increases your productivity. And I actually had that. I, I briefly talked about this in the first episode. You know, sometimes the work and life, everything just comes crumbling at you. They are on your shoulders. And of course, if it's your own expectation with enough awareness, you can deal with it. But when it comes from outside, there's so much expectation from outside. This force that is on your shoulders creates pressure, creates stress and strain in your body. And I had that so many times. You know, these times the mind is not in the creating mode. It just can't create anything. You just can't go anywhere further under that stress, under that load. And I had my best ideas, as I said, when doing absolutely nothing. The strongest memory about this is when I was designing a complete new technology for for stork sensor for industrial robots. I was working day and night. All the load of the project was on my shoulders. I was literally working every day, every single weekend, until 1 a.m., 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and then going back to work at 6 a.m. in the morning. Once I hit a bottleneck of the project, but I needed to find a solution for a mechanical part that was the key to getting the product ready. One key part. That part killed me. I just couldn't design it in the way it should be. It was a completely new solution, so there's nothing you can rely on. No research, no, no work on it on the internet, nothing. So I had to come up with completely new solution. And under that stress, always working on it, I was even dreaming about it and nothing came. I was constantly thinking about it when I was eating, when I was walking, before I slept. As soon as I opened my eyes, nothing came. Then I decided to take a holiday. I went home in Istanbul and I said to myself, for this one week, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to live my life. I don't have a, such a long life. I need to enjoy. This is my week. 
and I really didn't think about it for three, four days. And then one day I'm lying in the bed. It's at night. I'm gonna sleep, and I was I wasn't even thinking about this. I was thinking about um, NASCAR or Formula One or whatever it was I was thinking about, and boom, a shape appears in front of my eyes. Completely new shape that I never thought about it before, and I said, "This is the shape. This is the part." I just drew it that day, and I still don't touch it until I get back to work. I get back to work. I design it. I prototype it. I test it. It works perfectly. And this is just one of those, you know, the stories where. Every idea which is worth coming comes when you're doing absolutely nothing, and this is why when you said stillness, completely makes sense. It's like the, the shower thoughts, you know. <laughs> and uh, sometimes it does seem uh, ridiculous, you know, that the uh, the only way you are able to move forward is by stopping. It's it's a ridiculous thing to think of whenever you are faced with a difficult task or a difficult situation the instant urge inside us is to take an action to do something about it in that moment actually that that crucial moment that moment of crisis with what i call can be solved just by doing nothing for a brief period of time take that pause because this is the time you need your mind to be working at its fullest not partially and you can't act out of uh, that haze inside your head you need to have that clarity to work to take that action the only way you can move forward or you can go ahead and solve this issue is by taking a moment to stop trying and it's frustrating because our first ex- first instinct tells us to do the opposite exactly that's what i wanted to ask you because uh... When you put yourself in a situation where you have to find a solution to something, you become needy, and it just the mind just refuses to work. I don't know if it's the neediness or the fact that you're forcing it to think. It's actually all of it because you're trying just too hard, and uh, all your focus is not on performing or giving your best, but your focus is on trying 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 and that trying is actually taking you away from your goal you know uh, when i when i write and i'm sure you also have a process of writing uh, i mean if if it is not a even if it is an instinctive form of writing that you do we cannot just sit and stare blankly at the screen when we are running out of ideas when we don't have an idea in mind how good is it to just stare blankly at the screen you know, i mean you can do it for some time but it is absolutely ineffective if you don't have an idea. So it is sensible to summon up a eureka moment by taking some time away and letting your mind wander. Just just letting your mind go wherever it wants to and maybe observe where it is going. That's the trick that works for me because I don't really force myself into completing a task, although being a writer is all about having deadlines. <laughs> If you are working under some, yes, you have to manage your own self, uh, and it comes with practice. You you will not be an expert in doing nothing in a day or two, but if you keep adding moments of doing nothing in your day throughout, 
I'm sure you are going to reap benefits out of it. Okay, I'm, I'm going to talk about a writing example what you gave. I released my first book, and of course, the core belief states that to prove that you are actually a good writer, you have to come up with a good second one, even a better second one. So shortly after I released the first one, I started writing again. I'm just sitting down, looking at the empty word file, and I'm just writing. And I write, and I write, things come, you know? Then I write like 40, 50 pages in, and I decide to read what I wrote. With this disappointment, I had to put the whole file into the trash. It was useless, it was that bad. Then I told myself, I'm not going to write anything unless the ideas come to me, good ideas come to me. And I just hold this topic on. If they don't come, then they don't come. I completely accept. And I didn't write anything or even think about writing for a few months. Then the ideas started coming to me. Every time ideas came, I just took a note, short notes, note again. And when there was enough, I decided to write again into a word file this time. And I recently read what I wrote. It's a lot. And uh, I'm just very excited about releasing this. I just can't wait for people to read these lines. So this is all I'm going to say about the next book so far. But uh, yeah, so I, I experience what you just said, definitely. So actually what I want to ask you next is I'm pretty sure whoever is listening is also thinking about it. You know, sometimes just life just comes at you. You know, you're, you're just simply busy. You have a lot of things to do. You have a lot of things to concern, a lot of things to think about and find a solution to. Everything is on your shoulders. How can you deal with this busyness? How can you balance this busyness? Well, uh, I think that's a very important question. And I believe that the, such situations come up all the time. It's about all about gathering this knowledge how your mind works and all of us are biological species our mind more or less works the same way if i go deep into it there's a science involved like you know you have uh, a part of brain called amygdala and there's a part of brain called the frontal cortex mm -hmm. the prefrontal cortex the frontal cortex is responsible for all the decision making and all the rational thought it is your actual brain while amygdala is the one that gets alert when you are faced with a critical situation. This part is only capable of fight or flee. It knows nothing else. It cannot rationalize things. It cannot make decisions. It cannot even make you calm. It just makes you agitated. Mm -hmm. So when you are faced with a critical situation which you are not prepared for something unexpected happens in life with and you need to take an action unfortunately your prefrontal cortex stops working and that is when you really feel that it is a critical moment because you're not able to think rationally you're not able to make decisions and only you are working out of your amygdala in this situation it is absolutely essential to take time off and allow your brain to get back into its working mode. By taking time off, I do not mean that you stop doing any action, but all you need to do is not solve anything, but just escape. 
what we do in that critical moment is usually we start arguing we start analyzing the situation we start thinking why it happened what is the best way to solve it what is the best way to get out of it we start making crucial decisions in that moment which mm-hmm. lets us fall on our face later because we are only operating out of our amygdala it's an emotional meter and it it ranges from 0 to 10 when you are working out of your amygdala in a critical situation you are actually on 0 you have no you're just panicking yes you are you're only panicking and in that panic situation you can't really make a rational decision it only knows one thing and that is either fight or flee that's it so just get out of that situation by doing nothing by doing nothing i mean not trying to solve it not trying to analyze it not trying to get deep into it at that point just do nothing and come out of that crisis and once you are out of it when you have your frontal cortex back in action that is when you actually start uh, getting your answers that is when you actually start understanding how you know maybe you acted in a foolish way and you did not realize it then but the answers come to you later it has happened with me in the past and i know how it feels you know when when you are in the middle of the argument you don't really know how to answer back but the answers to it come back later when you are maybe in a different zone altogether exactly that's my life right <laughs> that's everyone's life Let's give some practical example. Let's say that you are in that kind of a tense situation, uh, a lot of things to solve and do, and let's say you are conscious enough to realize that your amygdala starts beating you up with a stick. What do you do? I mean, like, what counts as doing nothing? Like, if if I take a coffee break in this situation, does it count like doing nothing? I mean, do I don't know, do a meditation anything that doesn't involve a lot of mind work anything that uh, in which you do not have to think much or analyze anything you know it, it's just uh, anything that doesn't involve taking action because you have to understand that if you're going to speak something if you're going to solve something you're only either going to hurt yourself or you're going to hurt someone else who's dear to you so in such a situation it it it's always advisable to just let things be which is of course difficult i know it's better said than done <laughs> but that is how it is that is how we function what i do in this situations actually uh maybe i do it unconsciously but i love taking walks and if i'm in the busiest day ever you will see me leaving the office to take a walk just like 10 minutes walk you know not long and you don't the crucial thing is not to think about what you are just running away from and give that 10 minutes to focusing on the environment like the road you your own look around look see the buildings see the animals if there are any look at the trees how are the trees doing today anything different these things you focus on mm-hmm. when you come back everything is still there the situation is the same it's unsolved yet but you have a different approach to it you know you have the approach like 
All right, so let's do it. Where to start? And how I understand is that uh, it depends on the person, like whatever you like doing. If you like taking a meditation break, then you go ahead and do that. If you like drinking a great tea, and you go and do that. Is that correct? Yes, it is correct. But the thing is, uh, you can't really expect yourself to go and start uh, meditating in a peaceful place when you are faced head on with a crisis. No, it sounds ridiculous and it is a ridiculous thing to do, actually. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of a meeting, just one second. Okay, can you please be quiet? I need to meditate for like 10 seconds. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Right. You shut up and meditate. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't expect to uh, find your calm right away. Calm is something that you will not find for yourself. It will come to you. It will not come exactly instantly at that moment. It will come to you when you come out of that moment, when you come out of that situation, when you come out of that crisis. And to come out of it, you need your amygdala, which will let you escape which will let you just push things to a side and change your direction. It's, mm-hmm. it's maybe divert your attention, anything, anything that uh, works best for you in that moment, be it rational or irrational, except mm-hmm. anything that harms anyone, of course, but anything that, that, is, that you feel is best for you at that time, just do that. Instead of analyzing the situation, going in depth, trying to understand why that person said this or why am I stuck here all the time? Why do why am I always the one who gets to face such situations or anything? You know, what's wrong with me? All these are uh, sabotaging thoughts and you will never get the answers when you are walking out of a medulla. You will only get your answers when your frontal cortex gets active and that is when you are out of that situation. You can't really start meditating at that time because even thought of meditation won't come to you. The only thing is that you need to just let that situation go, let it pass, and then analyze it later. I agree with you. And I think it's also about how you label the meditation. For example, I used to meditate a lot, uh, 40, 50, 60-minute meditation. Sometimes I was having transcendental meditations now i don't do that that much i just don't feel like i need it but i realize that the meditation is not something that you just sit down and give some time and do just what happens when you become in the prison boom and i feel like meditating everywhere all the time if you are aware of the movement and your senses that connect you to the moment at any time. You don't need to sit cross-legged for that. You just need to be in the moment. There is nothing else that you have. Do you have anything else except this present moment? You don't have your past. You don't have your future yet. You don't have anything. You don't. All you have is this moment. Exactly. It's the sum of your life. It, I mean, all you have is this, nothing else. Whatever you have in this moment, is you can call yours but nothing else that that is the only thing you can rely on at this moment nothing else that is what we call being mindful as well uh, and this realization of being mindful paying attention to your present moment 
actually starts by doing nothing. To take that time off, to take that break, to take that pause and then focus on this moment. When I'm in the middle of talking to someone in the middle of this podcast, I can't say that, you know, I'm, I'm focusing on this present moment. Maybe I'm thinking about the next question. Maybe I'm thinking about the next thing I have to say. Maybe I'm thinking about what time is it? So there are so many things in my head at the moment which do not belong to this moment. What really matters in this moment, perhaps I'm giving only 10% of my energy or 15% or 20% of my thoughts are directed into it, towards it. As I said, I, I am also not, not good at doing nothing. I think none of us can ever be 100% good or 100% experts in doing nothing because it takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of awareness. It takes a lot of intention. Yeah, I love that concept. And I think we will also do another episode on the present moment because I think it's still a very underrated topic. And uh, I want to talk about how the time works and how the moment happens which I still think it's a mind-blowing concept. And I feel like a kid as soon as I think about this. To me, this is the key. The present moment is the key to peace. Chaos happens when the mind is working. And of course, you got to make plans. you got to solve situations. The mind works. But the key parameter here is how much attention you're giving it to the things that you're planning or thinking or whatever. How much attention you're giving to the present moment. It's a percentage. When I'm talking to you right now, I can very well think about the problems I'm going to face tomorrow. But that will bring me to chaos. Only thing that's keeping me peaceful is the present moment, what's happening right now. And that's what keeps me calm. And I understand when you say that you can make better decisions when you're peaceful and calm because... You, you, when you become self-aware enough, you realize when your frontal context is working, when your amygdala is kicking you. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And I think uh, it all starts by taking rest. It all starts by allowing yourself some leisure. As I explained in my book too, if you remember, there's a circle, there's a cycle that goes on. Uh, doing nothing is actually a, a mixture of both stillness and rest if we do not allow ourselves to take a break we will never be able to feel what is going on around us the first step is to allow ourselves some leisure time and what we do is we even in our leisure we are doing some mindless chores we are uh, either picking grocery or you know doing doing something it's a stimulation isn't it like it has become a part of our life, seeking stimulation. If you sit still, you grab your phone immediately or you turn on the TV or you, you find something, some stimulating fact dopamine, right? As you said, we're addicted to it. It has. It, it really has. Because, uh, because of uh, everything available to us at uh, arm's reach, everything there at our fingertips, our phone has the whole world in it. It's a good thing that we have technology for our convenience, but uh, there's a way to make use of that technology in our favor. What we are doing right now is we are not Enslaving. using technology. 
yes we are not using technology the the, the technology is using us perfect quotation to explain everything really wahana well, thank you very much for this today's conversation i think it's been really nice talking to you again and uh, it's just incredible how much we can talk about nothing but yeah this is what we mean nothing can be a very long topic so that's it but uh, thank you very much again and uh, see you next time huh? thank you so much Ozan, for having me thank you